Hi there. I'm Audrey Kearns, and welcome to episode 33 of Neil Before Odd. Now, since the creation of my nerd and pop culture site, geekgirlauthority.com, in 2014, I have had the great pleasure to have a fine group of contributors for the site, and I always make an effort to have them sit down with me for this podcast. I want our readers and listeners to get to know the folks behind the site, and that's what you're going to hear today when I interview my games contributor, Stephanie Pond. Now, geekgirlauthority.com, or GGA, as we call it, is flourishing. I'm very happy with it. And we cover many topics in the geek and pop culture universe. However, one area that has been lacking is our games coverage. You see, I'm not a gamer. My co-creators aren't gamers either. So we couldn't write honestly about it, so we didn't. Recently, some amazing tabletop games contributors came on board, and that part of the site is killing it. But still not video games. Enter Stephanie Pond. I met her at a nerd get-together at an arcade gastropub called The One Up. Yes, that's true. You can eat a fancy and very expensive corn dog, throw back some white wine, and then go play Centipede, which is what I did because it's the only game I was ever any good at. Needless to say, Stephanie has been contributing video game posts to GGA, and they are great. She knows her stuff. She's an avid fan and loves to share her joy and knowledge from uh, the video game world and about the video game world. She's also been working in television for over a decade and has an interesting career. And lastly, she's becoming a fast friend. We did, after all, have an immediate tall girl bond. We're both over six feet tall, which is rare for the ladies. We talk about all of this games, nerdery, television, height in this episode. So please, please, please enjoy the interview with Stephanie Pond and then head on over to the Twitter machine and follow her at Wander Cookies. Enjoy episode 33. Internet, heed this call. Open your minds and ears and prepare yourselves to kneel before all. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Neil Before Odd. I'm your host, Audrey Kearns, and this is the podcast where I interview geek patriots. And this episode, I have the lovely Stephanie Pond with me. Stephanie's a writer and avid gamer, and she also contributes to Geek Girl Authority as the site's video game expert. How are you, Stephanie? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming over to my house on this rainy Los Angeles afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, El Nino's happening right now yeah but yay rain yeah i'm glad i like rain. a we're in a drought b i'm from florida and yeah. i miss the rain i miss the rain i miss yeah. seasons yeah yeah although we did get pretty cold this year yeah we were in the 30s yeah some for, for like a minute <laughs> for like a minute and then it was like hi 90s how yeah. are you doing no exactly it was terrible this week well i just moved to a new neighborhood and um i've been in la since 2002 and this was the first neighborhood during, I think it was December, where like all the leaves changed colors and oh, they all wow. fell off the tree. And it really felt like I was in a different wow. a different state. That's nice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is the neighborhood where you, but of course it happened in December. It didn't happen. Yeah. And it's like, you get that one week. It's like oh, yeah. one week of fall and then, hey. <laughs> hey, it's done. It's like the Whomping Willow in uh, Harry Potter. Exactly. The beginning or during a season change where all the leaves just fell. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what it is here. 
Well, well, like you said, and then you, you're like, hello, 90 degrees. So this week, it was been really cold. And this week, it got up to, God, I was in my car the other day, and it was going to see Deadpool. <laughs> and um, it said my car said it was like a 94 out. And so everything fell off the trees, and now everything's blooming because it got so hot so quick. And allergies. Exactly. I can't stop sneezing. My yeah. eyes itch. Walked out to my car, and it was yellow the other day because yeah. of pollen. Like, well, no, it's February. Stop this. Yes, Give some kind of respite, please. Stephanie, I always ask my guests what their nerd origin story is. What's your nerd origin story? Let me see. Um, I'll be honest. I don't remember a time in my house where there wasn't Star Wars. Right. I was born a few days before Star Wars came out. Right. And uh, honestly, I can't remember. I kind of want to say that my parents left me at home as a newborn and went to see it. <laughs> Good on them. <laughs> um, and then I'm pretty sure I was in the theater for the next one. So I honestly don't remember a time where there wasn't Star Wars. Right. And I also don't remember a time where there wasn't sci-fi and fantasy in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were both avid readers. And so when I first started reading even children's books, I was gravitating towards the fantasy and the sci-fi. Right. As to comics, my mom was used bookstore shopping. Yeah. And I wandered over to the comic books, as uh-huh. I tended to do. Uh, and I saw for the first time um, this, it said, Wonder Woman, Amazon. And I was so into Greek <laughs> mythology. I was reading everything I could get my hands on. Right. And I picked up that comic and I looked around for other issues, and I went up and I begged my mom to buy me all of these. I was like, it's Greek mythology. It's Amazons. I was like, look, Wonder Woman. Um, and I, that took me a while to convince her, but she finally... She did. She did. She got them all for me, and that was Around it. how old were you when you started reading Wonder Woman? I was in elementary school. Okay. So uh, I want to say I was probably around seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I mean, after that, I just devoured them, and I, I, I still have. And at that point, you know, I didn't know how to take care of my comics, mm-hmm. so they got, they got water on them. They got torn. Like yeah. the cat or the dog got to them, and I still have those now, bagged and boarded uh-huh. in comic boxes. But they're just shredded. They're so chewed up and they're shredded. But I have like a whole series of Wonder Womans that just look like that. And I, I, instead of throwing them away, I just kept them. Right. Um, I, I know. Like the crisp and clean comic book is what collectors want, but you know, there's nothing like seeing a good worn book, and yeah. I'm sure a good worn comic book because that gave you probably added so much to your imagination yeah. and your joy, and I was that you like, obviously poured through them many times. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and I, I used to try to draw. Um, I'd look at a panel and I'd try to draw like Wonder Woman or Cheetah or uh-huh. um, any of anything in those books that I saw, and of course, I branched out. I haven't been keeping up with comics the way that I used to now, except for really the Star Wars, the new Star Wars canon comics that they've been right. coming out with. I've kind of fallen behind on everything else. Uh-huh. But video games, I started with a Super NES, uh-huh. Mario, And we're on Zelda. what year is that? Oh, God. I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. I do remember that I begged my parents for it again, uh-huh. and they reluctantly agreed. None of my other friends had video games. Um Again, I'm pretty sure I was in elementary school, uh-huh. and I had that SNES, and I, then I had a Game Boy, and so I stayed Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually I had an N64, and then PlayStation dropped, and then this amazing game called Final Fantasy VII hit. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. That changed the whole that, game that for me. sucked you in. That was like, and I was playing video games up until that point. Like, I was playing the Final Fantasies. I was playing Zelda. I was playing, you know, the Marios. I was playing all of that stuff on my Game Boy, on my SNES, you know, anything. Yeah. And I was, a, um, and the N64, it was Goldeneye, and it was Wave Runner, and it was, you know, what, oh, 
Ocarina of Time. It uh-huh. was all those. But uh, Final Fantasy VII hit, and that was just like, that was it. I was like, this is you something I am never going to give up in my whole life. That's I was, fantastic. Um, I was, uh, I love art and I mm-hmm. love stories. So video games to me, especially when Final Fantasy came out, all those amazing cutscenes and just the the rendering and how gorgeous it was. We look back at it now and it was it's awful, but then mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. Right. And that was that was just it. Like from so there, that Final Fantasy VII was the first time that you got to it. it experience a story while you're playing no it wasn't it wasn't the first time i experienced a story while playing video games but Mm -hmm. i can't and i honestly can't tell you what it was about final fantasy 7 that just really hooked me Mm -hmm. and um drug me down the rabbit hole because (laughs) you know before then like i said i had been playing video games for you know a long time not a long time i mean i've been playing since elementary school and final fantasy 7 came out when i was in college right um so i'd been playing through high school but of course the caveat to that was I didn't have a lot of friends that played. Uh-huh. Most of my friends didn't have game systems, so I was playing solo. Right. Um, same thing with Game Boy. I, I bought them, or I got a Game Boy because we traveled a lot for swimming. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'd, uh, when we'd go to meets or we'd travel distances or whatever, that's what I always had, that in a book. Uh-huh. Uh, and I can't tell you why Final Fantasy was the one that just tweaked me. Uh-huh. But... There would be parties going on, and I'm sitting in the back in this tiny little TV with my feet propped up on a table, the controls between my knees, trying to get to the next level, yeah. trying to beat the next boss. That's great. <laughs> I mean, that's that's it's what you're passionate about. Um, what were your? What did you swim? What were your? Uh, I was all around. Really? Um, I but I was a distance swimmer more than a sprinter. Okay. Um, my I ask because uh, Stephanie and I are both in the six foot club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sister was a swimmer. She's a couple inches taller than both of us, oh, wow. and she was free and um, breaststroke. Okay, yeah. But when she she got a college scholarship, and they mostly had her in like the relays and stuff, like the distance mm-hmm. relays, not the quick sprints yeah. and everything. Like I I I liked sprinting, mm-hmm. but I did better at long distance. Also, a lot of the coaches didn't. I don't know if your sister had this experience, but. They weren't really sure how to handle my height. Really? That's really interesting because when my sister swam for Georgia and I went to one of her meets, everybody was tall. All the girls were tall. No, I was one of the tallest. Really? Even yeah. then, I was one yeah. of the tallest. And I I, I, uh, I swam, started swimming in college, but then I switched over to crew. So I was right. rowing. Yeah. Um, Which one uh, did you like more? I liked, I still love swimming. Yeah. Like I've recently just gotten back in the pool to work out uh-huh. and it's muscle memory. It's like your yeah. body never forgets. Right. So I just, you know, I tread water. I do my, my strokes. I'm just Do you find to that my... more meditative than like crew though? Like the motion of crew is so repetitive and it's, well, I, I suppose yeah. swimming is too. Swimming yeah, is repetitive. Swimming yeah. also is submerged in the water. So you get to uh, kind of muffle the outside kind of like world. like a sensory. Yeah. 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 And then also you're just sort of buoyant, well, you are buoyant, uh-huh. uh, and it's, you, you just don't feel gravity as much. Right. And in crew, it's, it's great because you're just skimming over the water and you're working in a team, mm-hmm. but nothing beats swimming. That's interesting. I never thought about the, um, the muffled sounds and everything, but you're absolutely right. You know, because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in a pool, it's just fun to sink to yeah. the bottom for a couple seconds. And then you just, it's like the outside yeah. world goes away. That's great. I, I, I like that. Now, where did you grow up? Um, my dad was in the military, mm-hmm. so... Um, what branch? Navy. Cool. My dad was in the Army. I'm a military brat, too. Yay, military brats. Yay! 
Um, we don't have a home. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I spent the most time in the Washington, D.C. area. Right. Um, my dad tended to be stationed there more than anywhere else. And uh-huh. then um, when he would get deployed, um, sometimes we would just stay put. And he would get like... He would go on a tour or something. He would go on a tour and we uh-huh. would stay put because his home base was here. Uh-huh. Um, but he would be on the other side of the world on a carrier. Right, right. How, how long were tours typically at that time? Do you remember? Well... We do remember one tour was supposed to be six months and it ended up being two and a half years. Oh, that's so rough. And I did not, I, oof. I think I may have seen my dad three or four times in that two and a half years. How old were you? Uh, middle school and some, uh, he would also go away when I was in elementary school. Like, um, my, uh. Are you an only child? I'm an only child. So um, my dad was deployed so much when I was growing up that it was like I was a single family, uh, a single parent. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I wasn't. Right. I had two parents, just right. one of them was constantly deployed. Did you ever see um, like stress on your mother's face over the deployment? Or did you ever feel any kind of tension at home because he was missed? You missed him? Oh, yeah. I missed yeah. him. My yeah. mom even said, she's like, when he was first getting deployed a lot, uh, she was trying to console me because I just kept saying, I missed my dad, I missed my dad, I missed my dad. Uh-huh. Um, oh. But... Of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean... Are I'm, you and your... I mean, can I... Are you and your dad close now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it honestly took a little time to get back there, but... Right, yeah. right. Because middle school is such a... That, that age is such a... Yeah, I mean, your hormones are raging. Yeah. You're going through a lot as a <laughs> child awkward. at that age. So D.C., um, were there a couple other areas in the... Um, I lived in Jacksonville. I lived in Key West. Um, those were pretty much the big ones. Uh, like I said, I'm going to assume, a lot out um, of DC. please, I'm interrupting you. Sorry. It's okay. But I'm going to assume that Jacksonville was the least favorite. I was so little in Jacksonville. Okay. I just say I'm from Florida. My stepdaughter grew up in Jacksonville. Uh, props to Jacksonville guys, but, um, it's, I don't know. I never really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, yeah, I was I was so little. Apparently, we lived on the beach, and my parents tried to hide the beach from me. <laughs> Why would they do that? I don't know. Well, because I was swimming before. I, I, they tell me this. I don't mm-hmm. have any recollection, but apparently, I was swimming before I could walk, and so they oh. couldn't they couldn't rein me in. If I saw water, I'd go jump. In you it. would go. I would go. They were worried, so they were concerned. Yeah. That's right. There's that huge navy base in Jacksonville. Yeah, so yeah. they were concerned, and I lived right on the water. Yeah. And I, I guess That's one fascinating. day, I, one day I went exploring, and I came running back to the house. I'm like, the beach is right there. The beach is right there. And my parents are like, oh god. God, we're in trouble. <laughs> well, how old were you when you were in Key West? Um, elementary school. Elementary school. Yeah. Okay. I like Key West. So what's your favorite out of all the places you went to? It was to? Key West. Key West. Even yeah. though I was in elementary school and, you know, the memories yeah. are a little fuzz- fuzzy. I might be looking at it through rose-colored glasses, but right. it always was very unique. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, back then there were way more mom and pop stores, but it was like, it was, it was a different culture and, um... I loved going over the Seven Mile Bridge. Yeah. I loved all those bridges. It's a bitch now. I'm sure it is. I've heard everything's changed, and I haven't it's, been back down to visit. And and you, I think those of us that had the pleasure of going to the Keys, you know, yeah. before, well, um, it got so crowded, are blessed. I mean, the Seven Mile Bridge is just, I mean, it's amazing. It, I it's know. It's beautiful. I mean, the water is so clear and wonderful, and the Keys are so beautiful, but it really started happening when um, they put the cruise terminal in Key West. There's uh, a cruise terminal oh, okay. there now. Um, I'm not sure how long it's been there. I think it's only been um, 
I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years, I'm sure. I know I don't have that date right, but when I was a kid, it wasn't there. And so they put the cruise terminal down there, and a lot of, they get a lot of traffic. Like, Key West is crowded. It's yeah. so crowded now. Um, we just went down for my mom's 70th birthday, and we stayed. So usually, I, nowadays it can take a little longer. Usually, when, once you leave the mainland of Florida, it's a two-hour drive to Key West. Right. And so we, um, now it could be like so much more because most of it's just two lanes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, but we, uh, rented, we all pooled money and, uh, rented a house on one of the keys that were in the middle Mm -hmm. from, uh, I think it was around marathon, marathon key. And that was nice. That was nice and isolated and lovely and beautiful. I love that place. I I, keys. Like you said, it's a wonderful culture down there. I keep meaning to go back. Yeah. um, And I haven't been back, but there was a Kino factory down there. Flip flops, but the brand was Kino, K-I-N-O. Okay. And um, my parents were cleaning out, like my mom's been cleaning out a lot of her clothes and stuff like that. And so she found a bunch of old Kinos Uh that were still in really good condition. Because I don't think they were factories much as handmade. Mm -hmm. Um, Factory is a little bit of a misnomer, but... um, they were very well made. And then she made a bunch of sundresses when we lived down there uh-huh. from a uh, fabric, Key West local fabric. And oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I don't remember all the details, but she gave those all to me because they fit me now. So uh-huh. it's like, but I'm afraid to wear them. <laughs> I'm afraid uh-huh. to mess them up because I don't think those fabrics exist anymore oh, or wow. even the places she bought them <clears throat> exist anymore. They're vintage for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I she mean, made them, which is she, even... Yeah, she handmade them. Like one of yeah. them... One of them is just white, and I was looking at it today. It's white, but it's see-through. So I'm like, well, I can't really wear that unless I figure out what's going on underneath it. I'm sure she wore it over bathing suits. Right. Like, that's what I'm pretty sure she did. Right. My, is it, how long is it? Is it, like, long to the ankle? Oh, no, it goes all the way down to the, the floor for me. Okay, is your mom tall? She's 5'10". Okay, because my mom's six feet as well, and um, I don't remember any of this, but we lived in Africa for two years when I was a kid. Okay. And um, she made a whole bunch of dresses out of... local uh, fabrics as well and they're all these um down to the floor beautiful yeah dresses which i have a couple of them but i don't fit into my bed (laughs) my mom was uh, super super thin at that time so but they're gorgeous they're absolutely gorgeous. This is the thing, and you don't want to get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I have them. Yeah, you're right. I have them like vacuum sealed. Yeah. In in a big Tupperware in the garage because it's like no, I'm never going to give these to anybody, you know. But then again, they're vacuum sealed in the garage. Nobody's going to you know until I see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like no. My my dad was stationed in Japan. That was at one point. Um, and originally we were supposed to go with him, but uh, certain things uh, prevented us from my mom and I from going. Right. Uh, so we stayed stateside. Also, he wasn't supposed to be gone that long and ended up. Is again. that the one that ended up two years? That was one. That was the one that ended up two year to, excuse me, two years. But he also had a couple other tours uh-huh. that were not, that was longer than they were supposed to be. That kind of seemed like the norm at that point. I don't know if it still is. My dad's retired now. Right. Um, so I don't know if that still is the norm to be like, yes, you're going to have an eight month tour. Sorry. Three years later. Yeah. Um, or if they're a little bit more rigid now, but he got a lot of traditional kimonos. Oh wow! And um, they're vacuum sealed, and and in, in, in Tupperware in the you know plastic bins in the garage. And at some point, I would like to own a house so that I can display them because they're cere- like they're, they're ceremonial ones. Oh my goodness! I bet you they're beautiful. Yeah, I I've 
the last time I saw them, they were gorgeous uh-huh. and uh, they've been packed up for a bit. And um, they're the kind that are meant to be worn for ceremonies or for or displayed. Right. Um, right. They're not just to be thrown on as a fashion statement. Right. Get this. When we first moved here, you know, we were so broke as many people are. We were temping, my husband and I, mm-hmm. and um, he got this weirdest temp job at this woman owned a little warehouse, I think it was in the Santa Monica area, where she went all over the world and bought kimonos. And then she brought them back to the warehouse and she had a whole staff that all they did was deconstruct them and cut them apart and sell the fabric. She made a whole business. And these are like, you know, one of a kind, of course, kimonos, but she... That hurts me. I know, it it was crazy. Brian, I worked in the office and he just he could never get over he goes it's the weirdest thing you just see all those these like boxes and boxes of kimonos and it just has a whole bunch of people just ripping the seams that hurts me that's painful yeah Yeah. that's so keep your kimonos yes i am that's that's so painful to me (laughs) (laughs) people 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 um so you you did say you swam so you obviously weren't so wrapped up in um like when in, in gaming and sci-fi fantasy that you did get outside. No, uh, that was one of the reasons why I probably wasn't as hardcore a gamer uh-huh. back then was because my life consisted of school and swimming. Right. Um, I'd have practice in the morning. I'd have school. I'd have practice at night. So I gamed when I could. Uh-huh. Um, and I had practice on the weekends or I had swim meets on the weekends. I never knew how... Uh, like I said, my sister's a swimmer. I, I, I don't know if I could have kept up with that schedule. That takes some... I don't know how I did. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced at some point I was probably some sort of cyborg and I yeah. just plugged in at night because I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. The only time I could read was at night. And of course, my mom would go, okay, lights out. And I'm like, uh-huh. And did the normal kid thing of make a tent and a flashlight, flashlight. and kept right, reading. Right. Um, so I was always on very little sleep just because Uh I wanted to read, but then I would have, um, these swaths of time when I was at a swim meet or when we were traveling where I could sit there and read or play my Game Boy, but it's Uh not like I could travel with an SNES or... Right. I couldn't, um, and some of my comics were destroyed because I did drag them onto the pool deck and they got wet, you know, (laughs) but I mean, back then I didn't understand, let's actually keep these in good condition. I didn't really start understanding that until high school. Mm -hmm. That's when I started understanding that. And high school, you can see the, (laughs) you can kind of see the dividing line between middle school and high school when I finally started buying boards and bags and boxes Uh and started keeping them really nice. Um... But before that, it was like, no, nah, it was all hold, no holds barred. Wow. So they got destroyed. Oh, poor comics. What was the uh, first thing you did when you got out of college? Um, I worked as a PA uh-huh. on a short show that shot at Universal Orlando. Oh, when were yeah. you in Orlando? I went to school in Tampa. So That's right, I knew that. I commuted from Tampa to Orlando for uh-huh. um, days. Was this like in the nineties? Uh, late nineties, yeah. I was working at Universal at in That's the late insane. 90s in Orlando. No, I worked it there was, all uh, the time. It was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that's so I feel wild. Old. Holy crap! I know, right? <laughs> right. But we were in the same town at the same time. That's so. Yeah. So wild. So you're a PA. Did um, you like it? Did that lead to more? I mean, what made you get that job? Was that what you studied in college? Uh, I had a job. Um, let me see. I studied creative writing and communication. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I kept things broad because, you know, I admire everybody that knows exactly what they want to do through their whole life. And uh-huh. I've always been one of those people that I'm just like, mm, I'm going to try this out and see if this fits. And, you know, if it doesn't fit, then maybe I'll try something else because right. I've never had that. This is exactly what I want to do. Right. And I respect people and, you know, in some ways envy people that have known that, mm-hmm. that this is what they want to do. But that's what I studied. I always knew that a nine to five Monday through Friday was not going to be for me. Uh-huh. Um, so to me, going into film commercials, you know, entertainment, that was going to be my way to make money, but not have to do a nine to five and wear a suit every day. Right, right. And you've been doing that ever since, though. You've I've been, been doing that ever since. And um, so you started doing a lot of PA work then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite PA job? Because some PA jobs can really suck and some um, can be really awesome, which uh, is pro- production assistant for those of you guys. Oh, yes, production know. assistant. Yeah. Um, that means we do pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, we do all the, the errands and the grunt work. Yeah. Um, and it's good because that's, that's what you learn. Yeah. And you talk to all the departments and figure out which department you want to be in and go from there. Um, I enjoyed, my God, I did commercials when I was living in Florida, I did commercials Mm -hmm. and then I ended up moving to DC and did, um, live news broadcast. Oh, cool. Really? Worked that for a couple of years and from there got into live events uh-huh. And that is what brought me over to LA, live okay. events, um, and live events like the Super Bowl. I used to work the pre and halftime show. Huh. I did that for a couple of years. That must have been, um, money. I mean, how far ahead of time do they start working on? Do do they start working on that Super Bowl, the pre and halftime shows? <laughs> Normally, they're in pre-production. Before the end of the previous year. Right. But they don't start getting people really into that location. I haven't worked a pre or halftime show in over 10 years. Right. Um, The last one, actually the last one I worked was, uh, what was this? Was this just 50? This was 50, yeah. So 41. Yeah. Um, And uh, I know that I normally didn't come on until January, but the Super Bowl wasn't until the end of February. Right. So I was in another city for almost two months. Right. And there were people there way before me. Wow. So like November and December. So it st- always started pretty early. It's such a big show. I so don't know how it is now. Yeah. They may have streamlined everything because, you know, that was 10 years ago. Right. Or, I mean, there's probably so many more aspects of it now. Because yeah. of it's such a big spectacle that only grows every year and there's now there's all the online stuff and yeah and social media aspect to it and everything did a certain show bring you out to LA or did you just get that experience under your belt and say okay I'm gonna try this in LA now um I was working some shows that were uh Kennedy Center Honors Mm -hmm. and uh met people there that um were from LA and got to know them and uh, through talking with some of them, they were like, hey, you should come out to L.A. and give it a shot. Like, if you come out to L.A., you're a good worker, you're a hard worker, we'll, uh-huh. you know, get you working. And that's pretty much what happened. Right. I came out to work a job and never really left. Right. <laughs> that's great. Um, I know you've done a lot of production work in reality television, and but you've also done a lot of story work, too, for television. Is there, um, which side do you enjoy most? I prefer story. Yeah. Um, cause you're a writer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that is one of the things that I've whittled down over the years mm-hmm. is that I'm, I'm good at logistics. 
Yeah. Um, but that's not where my passion lies. Right. And there comes a point where you just go, hey, I could keep doing this and keep making, you know, pretty decent money, or I could shift gears and, you know, actually go the creative side, which is more of my passion and see right. how that goes. And right. that's, that's more of a recent switch for me. Uh-huh. Um, logistics aren't that far behind me. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's the creative is, um, I'm, I way enjoy it so much better. That's great. That's great. I mean, when you were doing more of the logistic, logistical stuff, I mean, were you enjoying yourself? I mean, I was enjoying myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, the people, it's always, you know, the people you work, uh, work with mm-hmm. and then the shows that you're on. Mm-hmm. And if you're freelancing, um, you know, doesn't matter how bad things get, you know, there's an end. Uh-huh. So it's not like you're going to be there a day in, day out for infinitum years. Right. Like you have no idea how many years. Right. Um, but, uh, that's, yeah. So if you're freelance, you know there's an end date. Right, right. So it doesn't matter how bad things get. So you've done some reality shows like Destination Truth, and I, I saw there was a show called Cursed and some other shows that dealt with paranormal mm-hmm. stuff. I have a friend who was just hooked on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did, um, were those fun? Were those fun? Or were you so wrapped up? in the logistics that you couldn't enjoy the actual stories of the episode, the, the myth that they were tackling. Oh no, those such. were, those were fun. And yeah. of course there's uh, only so much I can talk about because of, of non-disclosures. Course. Yes, of course. Um, but no, those were always a lot of fun. Yeah. My favorite part of doing those kind of shows were going to the, um, sometimes the abandoned places that, oh, or yeah. to places after hours that yeah. no one else is allowed to go in, uh-huh. but we were. And so you, so even if they were tourist destinations uh-huh. or you would have tours during the day, like a prison or something, yeah. or a closed down prison, um, you got to see it in a different light right. or a fort. Yeah. Like you got to see it in a different light because you got to go on it when nobody else could go there. And, um, that is really neat. Yeah. And yeah. so you could explore and you could see all these things and you could scare yourself silly. I was going to say, were any of them ever creepy? Yeah. They're all creepy. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry if you're in an abandoned asylum in the it middle is. of winter and your work hours are from this time the sun goes down to the time the sun comes up. I'm like, yeah, you, you, your the brain starts going. You hear things imagine. that may or may not be there. I it's, can't it's, imagine. you see things that may or may not be there. It's, it's crazy. And it's, but when you went back to say the hotel, if you guys are, or if you're on location or here, when you got back home, were, were you ever so creeped out? It's like, oh, I got to stop doing that. Or did you find it enjoyable? Oh, no, I found it enjoyable. Yeah. I've always found those kind of things enjoyable. And I just, you know, no matter how much you might get freaked out, the fact that you were at this place, uh-huh. it would just, to me, overrode any kind of right fear. or. Any Can you kind say of... what your favorite place was that you went to? Um, was it an asylum, of... a prison, or a fort? Well, I actually have two that were kind of my favorite. One of them was the Buffalo Central Train Terminal. Uh-huh. That's been... And is it abandoned? It's or abandoned. It... Okay. And another one was, was it Fort Delaware, I want to say? And part of that may have just been because those were uh, some, uh, some of the... Because um, you go, we did live events, and so for those two locations. Uh-huh. And one of them, I was a production assistant. One of them, I was a coordinator, production manager. I don't remember which one on it. And um, you end up uh, building what you need to to do the show. And right. if you're going live on the air, you have the sat trucks, but you have to have internet. So you, you come in and you bring everything with you in this is abandoned um, building. Mm-hmm. 
but you have to keep it outside. Like uh-huh. there's a perimeter. Right. So that they can do their investigations and not be, you know. Yeah. So it's not like anything was ever, everything was kept out, outside. Right. You know, right. At, a, at a safe distance at a perimeter. So it doesn't disturb any of the investigators or anything like that. But um, those are some of my favorite. And then uh, for Destination Truth, we did a live from Ireland. Oh, wow. And that was um, the fact that I got to go to Ireland. Yeah. It was fantastic. And we were in the middle of a sheep field in the middle of a crumbling castle or a, investigating a crumbling ca- castle for uh-huh. a banshee. Uh-huh. And we had some groundskeepers, even during the day, come take us around. And that place was just creepy. There was like, here was the main hall. This was the fireplace. We can't actually go to the dungeons because they collapsed. It's like, oh, okay. My <laughs> I went to Ireland. I went to a few castles with my mom, my husband, and my stepdaughter. Um, did you notice... From one tall person to another, that we would have been too tall to live yeah, back I've there. I've always noticed that. Like, I, it's I'm, like you have to I'm really constantly crouch. hunched down. Yeah. The same thing, anything in America's as well. Yeah. Like, if you go to Colonial Williams, Williamsburg or any of uh-huh. those places, it's the th- same thing. I'm constantly hunched over. Yeah. And um, then the I ceilings went, are so low. Have you been to Norway or any Scandinavian country? Where tall people live? No, I haven't. First place I've ever been where I was looking around, I was like, I look like everybody else here. <laughs> oh my God, I blend in for the first time ever. <laughs> they probably thought you blended in too. Well, yeah, people would come up to me and start speaking Swedish or Norwegian. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, I only speak American. <laughs> and then they switched to English. Oh, that's fantastic. No, no, but I have met a lot of folks from Scandinavian countries mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they grow them tall there. They're just because I have mostly Irish ancestry okay. and, and uh, most Irish people are not tall. No. And, but there's this story because everybody in my family has really big feet too. And there's a story my mom has um, that there's a German grandmother or great grandmother that had to cobble and make her own shoes. Mm. And so I'm like, well, maybe that's where the height comes from maybe i don't know i don't i want to do I one of those know. those uh they have the genetic DNA? testing i yeah. want to do one of those because us in america we're such mutts like yeah all of us are at this point yeah so i want to know how much of what we've learned about my family is true yeah. and how much of it is bs i would like to know too because my mom has such a clouded background i mean she didn't grow up in, in the greatest of uh families or situations so it's a very clouded background about who grandparents actually are or mm-hmm. if you know or they were abandoned or whatever. Um, so we don't know much about that. You know, we know she has some Irish and English and mm-hmm. that story of a German woman. Whereas my dad's side, it's strictly half um, half Hungarian, half Irish. Oh, well, that's but, easy. Yeah, but so with every generation of Americans, like you said, it gets more and more Yeah, it's mixed diluted. It's di- diluted. So I think one of those DNA or tests. mixed. I mean, I, I have a, I have a friend whose last name is Italian, and, uh-huh. she's, and she was told that their family was, you know, very, a huge percentage Italian. She mm-hmm. did the DNA test. Nope. She's like 5% Italian. But That's her last name's great. Italian. Yeah. My last name's German. So um, I'm uh, my real last name because I do write under a pseudonym. And Which so is, I keep trying to yeah. figure out, a, you know, after hearing that and everything else, it's like, all right, so how much of me is German? Right, right. And how much is not German? That's a good point. Yeah, because my last name is Irish. It's Kearns, it's Irish. But um, yeah, there's got to be something in there. And then Claudia, a mutual friend of ours, one of the co-founders of Geek Girl Authority, her boyfriend, Kai, um, same thing happened to him. They all thought they were, they all knew that they were from... Um, her heritage lot 
uh, was Northern Europe, mm-hmm. but they were saying the wrong country, and it turned out it was Denmark. So, like, for so many years, they had been thinking, like, your friend. Yeah. Identifying with Italy all these years, and one day, no, you're not. Yeah, and I was like, you're I never, I never... I never questioned too much what my, what I'd been told. Like I'm uh-huh. German, Scottish, Irish, like mm-hmm. pretty much uh, just a, a melting pot of Europe, mm-hmm. and um, then a melting pot of Americas. And I never really really questioned that until I went to Norway last year. <laughs> I'm like, Wait a minute! So I, I, look, so I look like everyone here. What is up? <laughs> That's been. That's fantastic. And with all the, I mean, they're doing, I mean, they've got commercials for those tests now and everything. So you know that they're just going to get less expensive and less expensive. Yeah, they're not more. that expensive right now, relatively speaking. Oh, really? They're not. They're I did one for my dog. Really? <laughs> just well, you should be able to do one for you. And then I should be able to afford one for me. They're about a hundred bucks from what I understand. But that's not too bad, actually. No, it's not, really not that too bad. bad for that, that, that. Um, were you, you posted yesterday or was it, I think it was you that you just saw Deadpool? Yes. And you liked it. Oh God, I loved it. I just saw it on uh, Monday. Yeah, I love it. I saw it. Oh, I saw it on Sunday because we uh-huh. decided my friends, uh, a bunch of my friends and I, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's just not our thing. So as soon as Deadpool got announced, we'd all made a pact that we were going to go see Deadpool on Valentine's, Valentine's Day, uh-huh. and it was going to be Deadpool Day. Yeah. So we went and we saw it, and oh my God, we were laughing so hard. It was. That was a fun movie. It was with, so with a movie great. that had such a huge marketing campaign and lead up to it. Sometimes you get a little nervous. Yeah, you know. But this one, um, this one was great. I loved it so much. Also, R R, yeah, hard R R, which made it all the more surprising when I saw people with their kids in oh, the movie. God. Yeah, and I'm talking about. Um, I mean, from the looks of the kids, ten. Yeah. 11 years old. We saw that too. Yeah. Um, I don't have any kids, so I can't judge. Yeah. Or I try not to judge. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think I was watching Hard R's when I was 10 years old, but every kid's yeah. different. Every my, kid's different. My cousins were watching Alien and Aliens. Yeah. So. I mean, if their parents well, are willing to when they answer, were 10. answer questions on the way home, yeah. then hey. Everybody's different. Every family's different. And if they're fine with that, mm-hmm. you know, that's make-believe, you know. Um, what was your favorite thing about the movie? God, that's that's. I guess that's a that's a hard, hard one. Hard um, one. I like that it it captured Deadpool. Yeah, it did a good job. Um, and yeah, okay. So there was a lot of fan service, mm-hmm. but sometimes that's good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're making a movie for the fans or and, and the and the people, uh, from what I understand, Ryan Reynolds and you know the the creators and mm-hmm. the director of Deadpool are fans. Yeah. I, Sometimes I, it's not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got to interview one of the writers for Deadpool, Rhett mm-hmm. Reese, um, right after Comic-Con, and he is huge yeah. fan. Huge fan of Deadpool. And I remember, you know, he could only tell me so much. Of course. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he did, you know, I asked him a lot about, you know, translating the breaking the fourth wall of the character and everything. And they were nervous about it. They were like, no, we're going to do it the way it's supposed to be done. But they were nervous about how it was going to be received. And when they showed the trailer at Mm Comic-Con, there was so much applause Mm -hmm. that they had to show it again. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I got to admit, I had tears in my eyes, you know, because it was finally like, oh, we did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if you you do have the hesitation of... uh, is the trailer actually what the movie is? Because yeah. there are now so many trailers out there. 
That, and you get worried when you see a lot of trailers, yeah. you know? I mean, and you get the trailers and then you watch the movie and you're like, oh God, yeah. that trailer was nothing like the movie. They completely yeah. mismarketed this. Yeah. Um, you think they mismarketed Deadpool? No, I don't think oh, they mismarketed with other, I, with other, other movies. Yeah. So I'm, I tend to, I have this thing where I'll see teaser trailers mm-hmm. and I'll see the, maybe the first trailer that comes out. And if mm-hmm. it's a movie I really want to see, that's it. I cut myself off. Like, I won't see more and more trailers as yeah. it gets closer because they start revealing more and more. I did that with Star Wars. Yeah. And I, I admire you for that. And we actually had a talk at Geek Girl Authority because Claudia, who's our, you know, she's the biggest Star Wars fan and wanted to cover all Star Wars stuff. She feels the same way you do. And I was, you know, we had this conversation, but we have to post them. Right. So we have to watch them. But the thing that we ended up being really happy about is all the trailers were just mixed up footage from other trailers. They always only had a few seconds of something new yeah. with, with each promotion. So that when we, I don't know if you felt that, you only saw the one trailer, right? I saw the one trailer and then after I saw the movie the first time, I went back and watched all the other trailers and was like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. They did it. I think they did a good job. They did a good job because um, there was so much in that movie I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I liked the outcome. Did you enjoy Star I Wars? did too. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'll be honest. The first time I saw it, I wasn't really sure how I felt. I right. was kind of meh. And then the second time I saw it, I enjoyed it so much more. And I don't, I, I don't know why a second viewing did it, but uh, I, I... That happens with some... I'm like that with Coen Brothers movies. I always have yeah. to see him twice. It could be it. Yeah. Um, but I was just... Because I wasn't... I wasn't sure what to expect. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be good. I was... Uh, you know, there were so many things I was hoping about, but... And I know so many people have said this before, and I'm, I am another one of them. It's like, I had my heart broken with episode one, two, and three. And three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this was like the fourth time possible heartbreak. Right. And I broke people, my heart a, when they canceled Clone folks, Wars. When they what? They canceled Clone Wars. I know. We were talking about that the other night. Oh, I'm so sorry. I never um, watched all the episodes from Clone Wars. I think I've only seen them for a season, but I haven't seen watching Star Wars Rebels, which I like yeah. a lot. But you had said it's a little more... Aimed for it's kids. it's aimed more for kids yeah um but like I said when Ahsoka Tano showed up I was like ah, I gotta watch it now yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's another one I got to interview is um uh, the the woman who voices uh, Ahsoka why am she, I... yeah she does her universe and I'm now yeah. blanking on Ashley her name too. Ashley um yes. Eckstein I can't believe I forgot that she's done so much um yeah and so I got to ask her a whole bunch of questions about that character mm-hmm. and about how she got the job and everything and and she's all in. Yeah, with that she's really all in. Such oh. a great character. I know. What is is that one of your um, in all of canon mm-hmm. for Star Wars? Mm-hmm. What are a few of your favorite characters? Well, now so much canon is no longer canon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they've they've been saying this is canon, this is not yeah. canon, right? They, they, they have they've they have uh, everything. Uh, God, I don't remember if it was two thousand thirteen or two thousand. 14, maybe it was 2000. I don't remember the year. Right. But Disney went, okay, everything before now is no longer canon. Uh-huh. The only things that are canon are uh, uh, the movies, episodes one through six, uh-huh. and uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all it was. Maybe I'm forgetting something. So they were, um, then- so they weren't including the comics that you had read? Mm-mm. All that stuff, they were chucking it Everything out. went non-canon. It all went legends. How did you feel about that? Uh, I was super upset for a while, Uh um, and then kind of got over it because I was like, all right, you know what? I'm like, maybe this is a good thing Uh because the canon really did get convoluted a couple of times, like a couple through certain things. Um, 
Also, the continuity was off. Right. They weren't tracking continuity. Uh And then when Disney announced that they have, I believe they have a department that is dedicated to keeping the continuity straight. I bet. And the story and the continuity straight between all of their properties. Right. Um, Because the novels that come out now mm -hmm. are canon. They are canon. And such. Uh, The novels, the comic comic books, uh, Rebels, they're Mm -hmm. all canon. Everything's canon. And um, they seem to, so far, be doing a good job of keeping everything straight because I've sort of made it my mission to keep up with canon this time. (laughs) Right. That was the other thing. I was like, I was upset because um, I'd fallen behind on canon and Uh I'd been scouring used bookstores to find all the books that I'd missed out on. And I was getting ready to just, you know, bite the bullet and catch up on all the canon. Uh And that's when they announced it. Well, so they kind of took a burden away from me. They kind of, and that's that's how I ended up looking at it. I was Uh like, okay, they kind of took that away. So now I don't have to read all this backlog. And now I can start fresh. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I've done. So what's the term um, legends? Um, Legends is just old extended universe it's old canon but is that what star wars fans call it legend mm-hmm. that's what disney calls it that's what and disney so we calls just, it. It, it i mean my friends and i go back and forth between old eu and legends mm-hmm. so we call it either one or old canon right like we'll even get into discussions about something and then somebody will, sc- or will uh, scream out that's not canon anymore and we're like <laughs> ah you're right it's not Stop. that's 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 fascinating i had never read any um Oh, Battle, Battlefront. That's also canon. That, that is canon. Yeah. I knew that. And you, do you like Battlefront? I like Battlefront. Yeah. I'm not necessarily an all-the-time PvP person, uh-huh. but it was Star Wars, so I had to play it. Right. Um, right now, like, when you go home and play, you're, you're going to go home and you're going to want to play a game, what are you going to choose? Does it depend on your mood? It does depend do you, on my mood. Do you get wrapped up in whatever you're addicted to that moment? Um, I can get wrapped up, uh-huh. but recently I've had so many other things on my plate. I haven't just been having, ma- well, I've had some massive game sessions, uh-huh. um, but I've had so many other things going on recently that, that just spending days playing a game right. is not something that's been... It's not possible it's right not now. It's not possible at the moment. Yeah. So it does depend on my mood. It also depends on if one of my friends texts me. And it's uh-huh. like, oh, you want to play insert game here. Yeah. But the three that I've been playing recently are Destiny. Uh-huh. I love Destiny. Uh-huh. I mean, I know it, some people love it. Some people hate it. I love Destiny, even though it's a little lacking on story. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't seem to know what they're doing with it. But I still love Destiny. Uh, uh-huh. Diablo 3. Um, it's season five. So I've been working my way through everything. I uh, had some friends power level me the other night because I was behind on that. And they power leveled me in like, I don't know, a half hour. <laughs> so I was like, great, I'm max level. Now I can actually start doing stuff. That didn't take long. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been actually revisiting Star Wars The Old Republic, okay, which is cool. an MMO. Okay, cool. Which is also no longer canon. And it was canon at one point. Oh, so I'm so playing wild. through it knowing that it's not canon, but right. I'm still enjoying it. Now, um... I'm asking some of these questions I'm asking because I'm not a gamer, so please, cor- please correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. Um, do you play with just one console at home or do you have a few different consoles or do you stick? I know you have an Xbox. Do you stick with that Xbox or do you? Um, I have an Xbox One. I have an Xbox 360, which kind of just sits there and gathers uh-huh. dust now. Right. Unfortunately. Right. Uh, I have a PS3 and a PS4. Right. My PS4, I don't play as much because I don't have as many friends that have a PS4. Right. Um, but, you know, Final Fantasy Remake is going to be coming out and I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's coming out PlayStation exclusive, at least for a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, PlayStation 4 will get some use when that happens. 
Uh, they just released a version of Final Fantasy VII that is playable in the PS4. So I bought that. And so that's something to play. Uh, but a lot of my friends play Xbox One or I switch over to my PC and I just, right. you know, I play those Would games. You play, you play all the same games on your PC? No. <clears throat> um, I play like a lot of Blizzard games. Okay. So that would be my Diablo 3, my Heroes of the Storm. I play World of Warcraft. However, I haven't really been on it a lot right. recently. Um, Are you looking forward to the movie? Yes, I'm looking forward to the movie. Yeah, because um, you've written about it a couple times on, on the site when the new trailers came out and everything. That and Assassin's Creed, uh-huh. I think they're both bucking to break the video game movie curse. Uh, because until... Right. There's never been a, a good video game movie, just like until... I think it was Iron Man. There hadn't really been a good comic book movie. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. X Men were good. We we you know we appreciated them at the time. The Spider Men Sp- were good. I was say, those yeah, were the good Spider-Man movies. Two is... um, yeah, 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 those were good. But Iron Man did um, put some propellant. Yeah, behind it really the whole did kind of go. Sure. Oh, this is what we yeah. can actually yeah. do with it instead of you know what right. was happening with the previous Spider Man. So after seeing the World of Warcraft trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that they have a chance to break the mold? It looks like that they are staying very true to the the first story that they told in Warcraft, which right. was in Warcraft 1 and RT, which was an RTS game. It wasn't World of Warcraft. But uh-huh. um, it seems like they're staying really true to the story, and that could go one of two ways. It mm-hmm. could wildly successful because it's fantasy uh-huh. uh, and it is a good story, or it could backfire right? Um, because... Most of the gamers already know the story. Right. Um, right. So are they going to want to go see it on a big screen? I'm like, I do. I want to go see it on a big screen. Yeah. Um, I'll go because Travis Pimmel's in it. Well, yeah, there's you that know, too. And so, I mean, those are some, <laughs> you'll get some non-gamers that are Vikings fans. Yes, <laughs> that's true. That is it's true. not going to be the majority. It'll be like no. 2% <laughs> of the audience. But, I mean, you would hope that with high fantasy or you could get some of the Lord of the Rings crowd. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I just, I don't know. And I know that I've loved Warcraft for mm-hmm. so long and I've been a Blizzard junkie for so long that my, my um, perception is biased and skewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not able to be objective. Like, I really want to see it. I right. can't wait for it to come out. I'm right. hoping it's good and I'm hoping it breaks the curse. But at the same time, it could go the other direction and it could, no one... People may not want to see it, and it may not recoup its money. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many what-ifs. Assassin's Creed, they keep releasing um, stills here and there. And, of course, Michael Fassbender is playing the lead. Right. So I have a feeling that one's going to really, yeah. really hit. But we haven't seen a trailer for it yet. Yeah. Do you know when you, when, when you expect a, a trailer to come out? No. I have... Uh, I'll admit I haven't been paying attention to yeah. uh, Assassin's Creed as much as I probably should have been. Right. Um. I do need to go look that up and see how that's going because I, I, I at the, right now I can't even pull off the top of my head when is the it movie's as, coming out. To, is that supposed to come out this summer or is that like next year? I World of remember. Warcraft is this summer. Uh, that's June this year. Yeah. Um, you don't know remember, that either. Yeah, I can't remember if it's yeah. the end of this year or if it's supposed to be next year. I can't right. remember. I want to say 2017, but I could be completely wrong. Right. I mean, I could look it up, but my phone's way over there. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want you to get up with the headphones <laughs> on, the mics in front of you. I think it's best we just stay. Stay put. Um, so the, you brought up inter- something interesting about uh, fantasy and the Lord of the Rings crowd, stuff like that. Um, so I know you're a big reader, mm-hmm. and I'm a big reader too. Um, with science fiction and fantasy, um, what are maybe, recommend to me, like maybe three of your favorite all-time books. And then I'll recommend three of mine. Favorite all-time books. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll have to go with Patrick Rothfuss. 
Oh, um, Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind. You guys, if you haven't read in the name, excuse me, Name of the Wind or mm-hmm. A Wise Man's Fear, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, they're got, so good. They are so good. I found that during. Um, God, it must have been back in 2009 when I read that because we had just moved into this house. That's why I remember uh, around the, what year it was. But I was like in the middle of a bad insomnia period. Oh, God. And I'm just like on like the 10th page of Amazon on my mm-hmm. Kindle just looking at stuff and looking at stuff. And I just I was like, I'm going to try this one. And I couldn't put it down. It did not help my insomnia because I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I read it. Uh, in the span, I say it a day, uh-huh. but it was one of those days where I bought it at Borders. Remember those? Yes. Um, then got on a plane to LA. I was in DC at the time, got on a plane to LA, started reading it, you know, in the terminal while I'm waiting for my flight. I'm in the security line with the book stuck in my face. Um, and, uh, get on the plane, keep reading, keep uh-huh. reading through my layover, keep reading through the next. Uh-huh. I get home and I'm in the taxi. I'm still reading. I'm taking my luggage upstairs. I sit down, don't unpack, don't do anything. And I finish the book. Uh-huh. And I don't think I slept much that night. So I read the whole thing in the span of 24 hours. Yeah. As a result, cause I read it when it first came out. I don't have, had to wait. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have a lot of recollection of the first book because yeah. my memory isn't the best. Uh huh. So I, that's uh, my next thing on my, uh, I want to reread it. I think what I do is cause, um, Brian finally read them and he, I think, did he do the audible version? Yeah, he did an audible vo- version. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I'll read books and I do the same thing. It's the same with movies, TV shows. I have to see everything two or three times. For me yeah, I do I just, I'm just one of those people that doesn't have that kind of memory. Um, so I'll read it and then maybe like a few years later, I'll do the audible version. And it's fun because you could be walking, you could be yeah. in your car, you know, and, and everything. So I, just, I would suggest. I that. just got into the audibles yeah. uh, recently and that's really helped it. me just because I've been. I haven't really been sitting still much recently, uh-huh. so just uh, sitting down and reading a book hasn't really been in the cards. So mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing the Audible, and I made it through a bunch of the Star Wars books that way so far. Uh-huh. And I have Wise Man, uh, I have Name of the Wind, sitting on my uh, my phone right now, waiting oh, for good. me to start it. So. so you already have it. Yeah. Okay. So Patrick Rothfuss. What's um, another book? Seriously, guys out there, you you really do need to check these books out. They are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress that to you enough. I also got really into urban fantasy uh-huh. recently. Uh, recently, I say recently, over the last five to some years. Uh-huh. So um, some of my favorites in that genre are, oh, well, Jim Butcher, even his uh, Codex Alera series for fantasy, uh-huh. and then his uh, Dresden Files for urban fantasy. Right, and then familiar with Dresden Files. Kim Harrison did a series of books uh, that starts with Dead Witch Walking, uh-huh. and it's the Hollow series with the main character is Rachel Morgan, uh-huh. and she's a witch uh, that is an independent investigator with a vampire roommate and a pixie I roommate. I love it. Yeah, so it's just, it's fun, and I don't want to give anything away, but it, okay. it you know, um, takes some twists and turns, but it's urban fantasy, so you've got to understand that's the genre you uh-huh. get. Uh, and then I enjoy Shannon McGuire. Uh-huh. I hope I'm saying her name right. She does the October Day series, which is Faye, and it's more deals with... Someone just did a guest editorial on the site on urban fantasy, and mm-hmm. I believe that's one of the ones... She, about women and uh, yeah. characters in urban fantasy. Oh, I believe she, that was one of the, one of the ones all, she mentioned. All of those three authors that I've just yeah. mentioned, they uh, two of them are women, so of course yeah. you know they write women very well. Uh, but uh, Jim Butcher also happens yeah. to write women characters very well. They're not... Uh, even his his um, 
his his uh, not main character. Wow, I'm blanking on a lot of words right now. <laughs> um, well, we have been going for quite some time. The the characters that don't show up uh-huh. uh, that much, um, even those are pretty fleshed out. Right, the women and they're not just cardboard cutouts. Right. Uh, but Shannon McGuire also writes under another name of Mira Grant, uh-huh. and she does a really she did a really good zombie series uh, called the called News Flesh, uh-huh. and the first one is Feed. Nice. And pretty much the premise is it's after the zombie apocalypse. You know, we're trying uh-huh. to recover, and uh, bloggers are the new media, and so it follows a pair of siblings as they go on a presidential campaign. Pretty much, in, in it's just interesting the way that it's told. Right. And the world building is spectacular. So I like those. I um, like that. Um, have you ever read The Lonely Werewolf Girl? Oh, I haven't. Okay. You're talking about, that's an urban fantasy book, which is, it's fun. It's it's just a really fun okay. book. It's really quick about, um, without giving anything away, a girl from the McCallum clan mm-hmm. in Scotland mm-hmm. who makes some great scotch <laughs> on their land. Um, but she's just tired of being, it's a teen, it's like a rebellion story. Right. And she takes off to London and is denying her werewolf self. It's, it's, it's a fun book, but the books, I would, and then you remind me the blogger thing. Have you, um, here's my suggestions, um, for hard science fiction, uh, seven eaves okay. by Neil Stevenson. Oh, Neil Stevenson. He's on my yeah. list of, I have to yeah. read all everything he's put you, out. You do. Seven Eves is heady. It's super heady. There's parts where it's like, I don't understand the science. Stop. <laughs> to the interwebs. <laughs> I know, right? And and uh, he's great. Uh, was it Snow Crush? Yes. Yeah, Snow Crush, um, Seven Eves, Anathem. He's he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were talking about a book you can't put down. There's this book called The Traveler. It's part of a trilogy by this guy named John Twelve Hawks. It's a, it's a okay. pseudonym that he writes under. But I got that at an airport where I just picked a book because I needed something to read because my computer had died, God forbid, oh, no. before I got on the plane. <laughs> and, um, and it was something I couldn't put down. And it's an okay trilogy, but it's, it's super, super, super fun. And uh, I'll say for my third... Is The Expanse, just because it, it just got done with TV. I'm on the third book in The Expanse. I haven't read that series, but I've been told it's, I really need to. And it's really, it's, a, it's a good, quick, easy read. I think Brian did the Audible on that one, too. I'm okay. doing the read. I always do two. I, there's one I read at night, and there's the Audible I, that I do during the day, and I'm redoing the Harry Potter books right now. I have a friend that's doing yeah. that, too. They're yeah. doing all the Harry Potter books. There's okay. nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And um, So... More nerd stuff. You are leaving Friday on a cruise. Joko cruise. Yes, I am. Yeah, which is... Now, is that... I have never been. I have lots of friends that have um, either been as passengers or who have performed on the mm-hmm. cruise. And it's just... It's a giant con on the water. Yeah, right? that's pretty much all it is. It, right? Or, yeah. And you've been before? Is. I went last year. Right. Um, and I'm going back this year because it was... It's is it the fun. whole ship? No, whole? it is not the whole ship. Right. Uh, last year it was roughly a thousand people. That's a good number. However, 2017 is going to be the whole ship. Wow. Now they've already announced 2017. I don't know what size ship it is. Uh Um, I haven't looked that far into it because I've been kind of crazy trying to make sure that I have everything for this cruise. Uh How long is it? Um, seven nights. Uh Yeah. What do you intend to do? I mean, um, what do, what do they offer? Uh, you have, well, first of all, when you're, uh, the Joko Cruise people are called Sea Monkeys. Okay. And so they have Sea Monkey exclusive shore excursions. Uh-huh. And then just like pretty much any other con, there are, um, panels. Uh-huh. You can oh, cool. go to. There aren't there's... as many, 
But there are panels you can go to. Oh, that's neat. There's a game track and a writing track. I think um, they got a little bit... Actually, since I wasn't there before last year, I can't speak to anything before last year. I want to say last year might have been the first year they had writer's track, but I could Uh be getting that completely wrong. They have a game room where you can just, you know, check out board games and play. Um, The developers for some of those games are on the cruise, so Uh you can have have one of the developers show you how to play the game. Oh, that's cool. Um, And some of them will also do talks. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, of course, the guests will do talks. Uh, at night, you normally have one big venue in uh, the stage area, the auditorium, or one big event, I mean. Yeah. Like, uh, you know. Um, what was your favorite part last year? Was it um, like the tabletop gaming? Was it seeing the performances? Panels? I enjoyed the performances. Um, also, it was my first time ever being on a cruise, so I oh, was really? just, it was okay. my first time ever being on a cruise, so I kind of just enjoyed everything. Right, right. I also enjoyed being completely cut off from society, because you don't have cell phone or you don't have internet unless yeah. you pay an arm and a leg for it, right. so um, that part was fun. Um, was it hard? Or were you just like, I'm ready, no, cut the string? I was really happy to yeah. be unplugged for a week. Yeah. Um, this year, I'm a little bit more. Uh, I'm a little bit more apprehensive about it, so I'm considering dropping the money on an internet package, uh-huh. uh, just so that I have some sort of connection right. to mainland, <laughs> to life, <laughs> to life. Um, no, I was just kind of wide-eyed and bushy-tailed last uh-huh. year, like, oh my god, I don't know what's going on, and uh-huh. just kind of taking it all in and enjoyed all of it. Um, the thing that was hardest is trying to coordinate with people because you have to give them your room number. It's the whole, give me your room number. They have to call the room, leave a message unless you run into each other or you set a time oh, to meet. So, you, you know, back just, when we were growing you, you're up. You're not texting. You can't text. You can't text each you other. You can't say, meet me on the Lido deck. No, exactly. Like, you can't okay. be like, oh, meet me at the pool. See you in yeah. five minutes. No, right. planning is involved. Oh, wow. I can, I can imagine so many people that are so much younger than me, like young people in that cruise, that right. would absolutely flip out. Right. Like me, I mean, I'm of the age where, like, the first time my car ever broke down, I had to walk until yeah. I, on the highway until I well, that was me. got to a to- toll plaza. There was no phone. Nope, <laughs> yeah. No phone. Had to change yeah. my tire when I got a flat yeah. tire. Otherwise, it was just like, seriously, this was just, I can change my, my own tire. I'm, uh-huh. not, I'm not walking two miles to call AAA. Right. To, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, but that sounds, um, have you ever, well, obviously you did it last year. Do you ever, um, especially with gaming, do you ever want to unplug, you know, from the internet and everything or are most of your games online? Most of them are now because they have to be. Most of the developers make them that way and the publishers, they make them that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's in an effort to combat piracy. I see. For the most part. And so many games have multiplayer elements in them now. Right. Um, so you sort of have to be online. Yeah. Even if you're not online, you're still online. And you, that do you you must really enjoy it because there's it actually bring. I mean, there's a really big social aspect to gaming where you can mm-hmm. actually talk with your friends and you don't have yeah. to be in the same room. Yeah. Like, like you know, I can't run over to your house right now, but we can still. Right. Play, right? Which I, I actually do enjoy. Um, of course, you know, I did play games with my friends on couches. Uh-huh. Um, we always played a lot of the Street Fighter. Uh, the Street Fighter. We always played a lot of Street Fighter <laughs> uh-huh. and Soul Calibur. Uh, those were our go-to fighting games. Oh, Mortal Kombat. God, I remember when Mortal Kombat first came out. Anyway, I'm old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm older, so. There. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so... There is a lot of that, and even now, like, okay, Destiny, you can't split screen, which is you can't have two people right. playing the same game on the same co- console. Right. Which 
actually drives my friends and I up the wall because if we're hanging out and we want to play Destiny, well, we all got to go can't. home. We yeah. can't. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same way if you're playing an MMO. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, with a console versus a PC, like, of course, if you're on a PC, then you know that it's one person to a PC. So uh-huh. you can either take a laptop with you or take your PC with you. Yeah. I've been to many parties where I walk by a room and it's a bunch of people. They all have their backs towards each other, but they're all on different laptops. Yeah. Playing, playing each other in the and same yeah i've done that before yeah. i've i've lugged my tower over to friends houses before <laughs> with monitors because you know we're silly like that uh-huh. but when you had to me when you have a console part of what comes with it is actually playing a game with your friends on the same couch it's nice <laughs> that you can now play and not be in the same place mm-hmm. you can still be at each other's houses or I've kept up with friends on the other coast this way because right. we make gaming dates so that we can sit there on headset and talk. But at the same time, it would also be nice if there are games that I, if I can still play the games while on the same, in the same in, room. In the same space. And you can't do that with Destiny. Friend. You just can't. Nope. Oh, that sucks. Um, what, what games are there? Anything, is there anything coming out that you're super excited about? What's coming out? Or do you have everything you need right now? Right now, I'm kind of happy. I yeah. mean, I, I am happy. I, I can't wait for the Warcraft expansion. Yeah. The next one, um, which is Legion. And we get to play Demon Hunters. And I'm right. just, I, I can't wait. I've been wanting to play Demon Hunters since, you know, ever. Do you think, are they going to have any, I, I know that you're going to do a lot of table board gaming and tabletop gaming at, in on the cruise. Do, are they going to have rooms for video games or is it no. just it's just it's just board games so you have to cut this that string too yes i have to cut that string too so for yeah. a week i will not be anywhere yeah. oh um overwatch is a game that i'm i uh-huh. can't wait to come out um that should be coming out later this year and i'm suddenly blanking on the gearbox game that's coming out why can i not is, um as a non-gamer is gearbox a company it's a company it's the company that it's a company that okay. does a series of games called borderlands uh-huh and for whatever reason i am now blanking on their game that is coming out i can actually see the character art in my head <laughs> well just look it up people here i'll look on my phone <laughs> what what's the company gearbox gearbox let's look this up is that one word or two i normally just say one word but it might actually be two all right. Well, I'm not. This is really fun for people that are. Yeah, that are I know. We're both sitting so, here on our yeah, phones. So I'll let you find it. Since I found the the website, but I I uh, don't know what I'm looking for. Home Battleborn. Battleborn. Oh my God! I could see you the wrote character. about Battleborn. I did. I wrote, wrote about, about Battleborn because I'm yeah. excited for it to come out. I yeah. like I said, I could see the character art in my head. <laughs> I'm like, I can see the characters. Oh my God! Why can't I remember the name? Because you are frantically. Getting your shit together because you're gonna leave on a cruise. <laughs> I'm leaving yeah, on a cruise in like less in like a I can't over believe 24 it's seven, hours. I, I can't believe it's seven days. It's seven nights. We leave on a Sunday and we're yeah. back. Uh, we leave on a Sunday and we're back on a Sunday. Uh huh. So it's seven nights, um, and we go to the Bahamas, Saint Martin. Oh, so I for some reason I had it in my head that it was just on the West Coast. No, nope. like that. Okay, we fly to Florida. Uh-huh. And then we take off from Port Canaveral. Okay. That's and then we come back to Port, yeah. Port Canaveral and then we fly back here. So yeah, wow. no, it's it's an undertaking. Oh, this is this is a huge <laughs> event. Next year yeah. though, 2017, it is going to be in San Diego. So that'd be nice. Yeah. And maybe I'll go next year. It'll, it'll be, be easy fun. because it'll be leaving out of San Diego Port, so anybody that's in LA can just hop on the train and same day, which right. will probably be a lot easier than uh-huh. flying, hoteling, shuttling. Right. Yeah. Are you bringing a book with you? Oh, or- yes. 
What book are you bringing? Um, right. Oh, right now I am bringing New Dawn, uh, Lord of the Sith, uh-huh. which is both Star new Star Wars canon books. Uh-huh. But I also have Furiously Happy on my Kindle. Nice. Um, by Jenny Lawson that I want to read. I've been told um, I will enjoy that. And then, of course, I have Name of the Wind to reread. Great. So you're so all set. I'm like, I, it depends on what I feel like reading on the, uh, you know. At I may moment. not have a lot of time to read, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. At least I'm You prepped. may be partying crazy with all the nerds. Mm-hmm. That's my, my big party every year is Dragon Con in Atlanta. See, and I've never been. I've always oh wanted to God, go. It's insane. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I, I have a feeling that um, uh, Joko Cruz is kind of the same kind of thing. I don't know, just because everybody is so kind to each other. Yes, everybody. Everybody is just enjoying the same mm-hmm. things together. There's a lot of love. That's you know? true. There yeah. is a lot of that. And that's one of the things that I really liked about it is the atmosphere. Unfortunately, yeah. there's really not a lot of cosplay. The yeah. closest you get is, um, you know, people pop, you know wearing TARDIS dresses. Right, or wearing right. TARDIS bathing suits or whatever. Yeah. Or Star Wars bathing suits or, you know, it's it's the casual cosplay, right. not the actual cosplay. Well, the place doesn't really lend to, no. to that. No. And you really don't want to be struggling with that down a... A boat corridor. Exactly. That's so true. Although I'd love to see somebody do it. Yeah, just because we're evil. <laughs> yes. On that note, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for by having me. And doing episode 33 of Neil Before Odd. Um, where can we find you on the Twitter machine? I am at Wander Cookies, um, uh-huh. as in wanderer, as a wanderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and cookies, like in and the cookies, yummy, in yummy, like the yummy, cookies. yummy cookies. Cool. And uh, check out Geek Girl Authority and put Stephanie Pond into the search bar and you can read about all those games that we were talking about. She does a really great job writing about that. Thank you. Even the ones she couldn't remember. Oh, I know. I'm horrible. I fail. <laughs> I fail you turning do not my fail. gamer card. You do not fail. You do not <laughs> fail at all. This was great. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for kneeling the whole time. Thank I, you. I appreciate that. Oh, well, you... you know, my knees hurt a little bit, but I'm good. That's good. That means that you're going to take something of me with you on the cruise <laughs> since I can't be there, which is creepy. If, uh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Supplicants, you may now rise. The merciful Odd has chosen to spare you. Please exit the internet to your left.